All right, welcome to Talking Smack with Never Monday, new uh, and hot blues rock band out of Olympia, Washington. Uh, you can check us out in our recordings and when we're having our shows and all such on uh, Facebook at Never Monday Band and also at Never Monday Band on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Steven, I'm the lead guitar player, songwriter, and vocalist for the group. With me is my wife. I'm Katie, and I play uh, rhythm guitar for the oh. band. I'm Gary, and I play tenor sax for the band. I'm Mac, and I play the trumpet. He toots his own horn. Heck yeah. <laughs> we really thank you for, I'm looking right at Mac here, tuning in. He didn't want me to say that. Um, you sound ancient when you say it. Nobody says that anymore. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. School. I'm bringing it back because we're blues. We're old school. We're going to kick it old school. I shouldn't say that. Oh, but I quit. <laughs> <laughs> the whole aim of this podcast is we uh, sit down with some cigars and some beer and we talk uh, blues and music. So cigars and... Beer and music, or uh, I guess stogie steins and strums. <laughs> That's an awful. <laughs> and keep it G-rated. <laughs> anyway, uh, we just like to start off this time saying like what we're smoking. I'm smoking the uh, Romeo and Julieta, eighteen seventy-five Reserva Real, and for all the, all you. Uh, non-cigar smokers or cigar novices out here it's just a really mild uh stick i smoked one of these earlier today and i really liked it so i'm having another one and gary is smoking ramon hueso genesis Tor- in toro uh okay yeah is that the the project oh the project yeah yeah not cool my yeah favorite, they have a couple different ones it's not bad and gary and i are drinking some nitro milk stout and katie and mac are drinking blue moon Good standby. So, what we really want to start off with tonight, since we're it's just kind of our first podcast, hooray, is uh, just kind of some basic what we like about the blues. So, why the blues? Anyone want to take that first? Well, I'm going to start out with saying I hated the blues <laughs> until I heard Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa is the bomb.com. And he's a blues person. <laughs> he's a blues person. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, you pretty much heard it first when I started playing it, right? Yeah, I was in the music store, and you played some Joe Bonamassa. I'm like, yo, this stuff is killer. <laughs> All right. Katie, what do you like about the blues? What got you into the blues? Um. <laughs> if anybody heard that banging in the background, it's our cat, Hades. He's he's jumping at Maldis on the other side of the glass door. Yeah. That's really smart. So, uh, what got me into the blues? Um, I didn't listen to a lot of the blues growing up. Um, I listened to mostly just like praise and worship and stuff, um, which is fine. But as I... Which is fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine. Um, I excuse myself for such behavior. <laughs> um, as I got into college and, and started studying music and doing more music and playing a lot more guitar and being more serious about guitar, I kind of started realizing that um, if I wanted to listen to guitar music, 
um, music that really featured the guitar, I ended up listening to a lot of blues. Um, because even though the guitar is in popular music and it's in metal and it's in rock and stuff, it's just not as featured and, and front and center and especially the really like crisp clean um just like glorious tones I guess glorious <laughs> that you find in in blues and so I think I just that kind of drew me to it and then the more I listened to it the more I was just hooked your turn Gary well, when I was one year old and my mother was <laughs> <laughs> pushing me into Fred Meyer in my stroller, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan TV was For all playing. of those sitting at the Fox News table, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked up from my crib and I saw Stevie Ray Vaughan and I'm like, that, that is really good playing. I, I, I think what attracted me to it was the emotion that was in his playing. And it just sounded differently than anything I'd heard before. So, um, but I didn't think that much about it. About it, and then uh, more recently, started. Uh, well, when we started playing it in the band, you know, I started listening to Joe Bonamassa. Excuse my squeaking chair, but uh, that's when I started really getting attracted to playing blues and started playing blues scales. And yeah, I liked the feeling of it. It just had a feeling to it than other scales did. Yeah, that's uh, something that really attracted uh, me to the blues as well. I mean, uh, you know, the people saying that blues and jazz came from essentially the same place. And jazz is almost, you know, I know that a lot of jazz players out there might heartily disagree with me. But it's just pretty emotionless in many ways to me. I listen to jazz and I I hear uh, great technical ability but I don't hear a lot of feeling and for me uh, as a guitar player listening to the blues was definitely uh, you know a side note Hades the cat was trying to catch a moth and now my wife was trying to catch a moth in much the same way she wasn't jumping you know, right back and get her a ball of yarn um, <laughs> Stop it! As the only female in this group, I have to keep an image, and you're not you're not helping right now. <laughs> I don't know if you're helping the image either. I'm <laughs> gonna get chairs I, that don't squeak. I, yeah. I digress. I digress. Um, but I, I really thought thought the blues had that raw emotion, that passion, that feeling that I, as a guitar player, really uh, gravitated towards. Um. You know, I had an uncle, uh, ex-uncle now, my uh, aunt divorced him, who uh, sang in a blues band, which, you know, meant that he thought he could sing, and <laughs> uh, he was in a blues band because he lived in Kentucky. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he told me that all these rock and roll bands are actually blues bands, and I started listening more to, and harder to Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner and uh, Cream. And, and realizing that he was right, you know these are all blues bands. I used to when I was a teenager, um, back in like mid two thousands, I would go to the library when they still rented CDs, and I would just take armfuls of CDs out. I would go to the blues section. I would just take stacks of CDs out until the librarian started like cutting me off and saying I can only take like five at a time. You know, put the other fifteen or twenty CDs back because they needed a selection for other customers because apparently I wasn't the only one that went there and I would just 
take these CDs home and, you know, for the kids at home, this is uh, what we used to do back when you couldn't download torrents off the, off the interwebs. You would take your take the CDs and I would uh, rip them onto my computer at home from the library and get a bunch of free music. And I came across this one album in uh, 2006 it just came out called You and Me and it had this funky little lanky dude on the cover and a name I couldn't really pronounce is Joe Bonamassa Mac, you already mentioned him and I listened to that album and I was like whoa, this is what I want to play so I don't know what Joe would think about calling being called a lanky what, what'd you call him? lanky funky looking <laughs> dude funky looking dude, <laughs> funky looking dude. For uh, also all the families listening at home, that was F U N K Y. Just uh, just in case it didn't come out clearly in this recording, funky. Um, but yeah, no, he, he was really my first influence in the way I, I play blues guitar. Um, Shame to say it wasn't like Muddy Waters or uh, Hubert Someone who played for Howlin' Wolf. Uh, it was. Um, Joe Bonamassa, but I listen to those guys later too. So, what's uh, you know that's that's one of my major influences. What are some of yours? You know, major influences on how you play. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yeah, um, I first came across one of their songs uh, in Disneyland when I was watching my high school's jazz band play on the stage in Disneyland, and they played. Uh, I want to be like you, but not the one from the Jungle Book, the one that the uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy band did as a cover of it. And then I went and listened to it, and it was amazing, and I listened to more of Big Bad Voodoo Daddy stuff, and I'm like, dude, these trumpet players are the bomb.com. You just admit it, you just like saying Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. (laughs) Can you say that like five times fast? I cannot. (laughs) Big bad voodoo daddy, big bad voodoo daddy, big bad voodoo daddy, big bad voodoo daddy, big bad voodoo daddy. Just to show off over here. I can't do that. I I could hardly say it once without tripping over my own tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Don't walk on your money to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Some Joe Bonamassa, some big bad voodoo daddy. What about you, daddy? (laughs) <laughs> he pointed Clarific- at Gary <laughs> Clarification uh, Katie is my wife And Gary is my father-in-law Ergo He is Katie's Father That's almost said works. husband <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Gary is Katie's husband Again This is Take two of this podcast I almost made the same mistake Practice so, What's the question now? <laughs> Influences. What was major influence oh, on your major point? Influences. Well, my my idol is is Lenny Pickett, so SNL would come on in the beginning, and I'm telling my wife, shh, shh, shh telling her not talk because I want to listen just the intro that he's playing because he just loved the Altissimo stuff that he does. So, uh, yeah. And this is like Gary's connection to music is department stores and television shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> My my influences. Yeah, um, uh, on your playing, and if you say Barlow, <laughs> how far back should I go? Should we talk about some girl, I like, Barlow girl? I like Barlow girl. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, honestly, this is super cheesy, but probably the biggest influence on my playing is you, Steven. Um, because I, I wasn't really inspired to play, like, the electric guitar and really get into guitar playing, because, let's be honest, just, like, strumming Wonderwall is, doesn't count. Um, but after but, all... <laughs> stop. <laughs> Sorry I brought it up. Um... I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, Joe Bonamassa has been talked about. Um, he's a huge influence on my playing. Um, any, you know, <laughs> this is, I don't know, again, kind of cheesy, but any woman that plays an electric guitar and rocks it, I'm, like, in love with because I'm usually the only one <laughs> in any kind of, you know, circle. That um, rocks it? That plays guitar. Um, <laughs> oh, you, had, you had a chance to really plug uh, yourself there. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think in some ways I'm still developing my own style, so I'm still kind of just listening to everything I can and, you know, break out of the, I can play a bajillion bar chords and look how big my hand bustle is. That was a guitar shock. <laughs> <laughs> For all of those uh, parents listening to this with children, I should have told you that this is not a PG-rated podcast anymore. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. What do they call that? Arista Development? <laughs> Jason Bateman would like that. All right. You know, I mean, like, but you have you have other like more recent rock influences besides me, and, and not just blues, but I mean, we listen to all sorts of music, right? Yeah, well, and I've just uh, really enjoyed getting into more classic rock. Like in the past couple of weeks, I've been listening to a lot of Alice Cooper, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, where's this been my whole life? Like, um, just the riffs and like, um, I'm just really, really loving that, and just even. Even, like, just, you know, ACDC and, um... Oh, yeah, well, like, um... Uh, Malcolm Young is, just like, a ki- was, was like a killer uh, rhythm player. Yeah, so I just am kind of, like, trying to soak all that in. Yeah. Now, I, I know that you also, uh, you have a... Just like me, you're a big fan of Green Day, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, Billy Joe's uh, guitar playing is really underrated. I, I throw in, you know, any kind of... Assemblance of punk every time you turn your back there's some there's some punk slipped into our music yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once again with the double entendres oh. <laughs> so yeah yeah cool yeah it's um you know i've I've always been a major fan of anything before nineteen ninety <laughs> but uh I also really just love Green Day. I, Bill John Armstrong is a major influence on my songwriting. Uh, the way he writes his lyrics, I just think is uh, singular. And it's just probably nobody else writes. Yeah, nobody else quite writes like him. Um, I'm a big fan of that. All right, uh, let's moving on to uh, why did you pick your instrument? You know, uh, why did you pick the instrument that you did? Let's. Start with... Mac. Mac. Yes, we'll start with Mac. Um, I was in fifth grade, and my parents were forcing me to play an instrument. It was either that or do sports. And I didn't want to do sports, so... <laughs> Wise I man. I decided to play an instrument. 
and I went to the whole, like, show and tell thing where all the band teachers were like, oh, yeah, this instrument does this, and this instrument does this. And then uh, this one guy played a trumpet he, for show and, for the show and tell thing because it was a show and tell thing, you know, where you show and, and tell, tell things. <laughs> I guess this would be more like a show and play. Or a show and oh, yeah. toot. Show and toot. um and this one guy picked up a trumpet started playing and i'm like i want to be like that guy so i decided to be like that guy and play the trumpet who's that guy mr thine john thine shout out to john thine who's a band director at river ridge high school here in lacey washington and also a was it Mountain View Middle School? Is he, oh, no, that no, that's Evergreen uh, Forest and Seven Evergreen Oaks. Forest Elementary, and then Seven Oaks. Seven Oaks. Okay, yeah. Mountain View is uh, another great guy, isn't that? Uh, Tom Dickinson. I, I, I thought he retired. I thought he retired, so he might be somebody else. These now, two I uh, just, worked in a music store, so they know like way too much about all the like band and choir directors in the area. I would say worked is a loose term. <laughs> <laughs> I did manage it for what it's worth, but uh, Wasn't worth it's much. also really like loose definition of manage. Anyway. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So you uh, you were influenced to choose that by uh, just your experience early on in school. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Thine, of course. Mr. Thine, yeah. He is awesome. He's a great trumpet player. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and a really great teacher, too. So any of you listening in our hometown, definitely try to send your kids wherever he is teaching. Please. Yes. You will not regret. Yeah, wonderful guy. As a manager of the music store, I got to work with all the uh, band teachers and choir teachers um, in the area. Cat herders. Cat herders. <laughs> it's also another term for choir directors. Cat herders. Especially in high school. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a therapist is another term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if any of you have ever had to try to teach middle school girls to sing, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Reminds me, you know, I started for, first started playing blues because I went to actually uh, guitar instruction at a seminar, and the guy was talking about how you play different blues off like the sixth. Um, of the scale sounds a certain way and then off the first sounds a different way one sounds like a honky tonk and um, another way has a different feel to it so in playing worship music I started realizing that I could actually play off the six and play the blues scale and it actually sounded a lot more interesting even though I wasn't yeah. doing anything technical it had a lot more feeling to it than just you know normal playing normal kind of tonic playing yeah, and a lot of that, we, we've made it music theory now, but back when it was first really being used, these scales and things that we use for blues all the time were just things that were improvised by the Delta bluesmen, people like Robert Johnson, T-Bone Walker, Mississippi Fred McDowell, who would just, they taught themselves to play guitar. They didn't go to school. They didn't, like, try to go through Mel Bay book one. Um, <laughs> you know, they they taught themselves, and we listen, and all that feeling and the ideas that they had were completely unfettered by uh, the the confines of academia and you know what we've how we've learned to play. Yeah, they just played how they felt, right? They just yeah. played sounds that they that 
that played the way that they felt. You know, what sounded good to their ear, that's what mm-hmm. they did. So, um, But yeah, Gary, why don't, why don't you go on, why did you choose the tenor saxophone? Well, I chose the soprano saxophone, because uh, I just heard somebody play one time, and I felt like that's what I should be playing. Yeah, and that's then, like the end of Indiana Jones, like, you have chosen poorly. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, the soprano kind of cuts through everything, too, so anyways, over time, I felt like, you know, the tenor sax blends better with the voices, and you can do more with it than soprano. You can play high and almost play, sound like a soprano, or you could play low. It had a lot better range to it. There's not a softcore Cinemax smooth jazz instrument. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you play guitar, Katie? Um, well, I, um, I started out playing the piano when I was a kid, and I enjoyed it well enough, but then my little sister got better than me, and that was just not cool. Um, and so when I in high school, I wanted to pick a different instrument. At the time, I think... My reasoning was I wanted to be, like, you know, grow up to be a youth pastor or whatever, and youth pastors play guitar, so, and in about the first week of playing guitar, that shifted to, I just want to play guitar, um, <laughs> the youth pastor bit, um, dropped off, which, um, is kind of ironic, considering I ended up doing that later, um, <laughs> But, um, I just kind of fell in love with it. So it, it it started out as like this, all this practical reasoning. And then once I started playing it, I was like, no, this is, this is where it's at. So. Yeah. You started on acoustic, right? You played acoustic for a long time. Yep. And then you went to classical. Yeah. I played classical in college and, uh, fiddled around with an electric guitar. Um, and then really dove into that after college. Yeah. So it turns out classical is like awesome training for playing, for electric. playing electric so that was cool now all you aspiring guitar players out there do not shirk your classical playing it'll help you with everything else mm-hmm. and then you might find you actually like it you know, and you might surprise. get to take lessons from me so you know <laughs> the cat's uh trying to murder himself by jumping through the window cats are a um, distraction here but yeah, especially all you metal players out there. I know all you oh. hardcore metal heads do not want to hear this. But, you know, as uh, a guitar teacher, I feel like it's probably my God-given right to tell you, play classical guitar. You'll thank yourself for it. You'll become much better at metal if you play classical. All your favorite classical guitarists... Uh, well, excuse me, all your favorite... Uh, like godlike metal guitarists, they love playing classical guitar. Randy Rhodes was a classical guitar player first and foremost. Only joined Ozzy Osbourne and did all of that uh, because he wanted to take classical guitar lessons from the famous classical teachers. And you listen to his music, and it's all there: the Bach, the Giuliani. Um, uh, Andre Segovia is playing. It's all in Randy Rhodes' music. Same thing with Eddie Van Halen. All these great shredders. That's where it comes from. So, that's my Ooh, little PSA. Plug for classical there. Plug for classical. Yeah. Um, you have to play classical saxophone now. No. No, okay. it's, it's not the same. <laughs> you know, you play classical saxophone. You you get in tune, and then you purposefully get out of tune, and then play a fugue. 
And that's how you play classical saxophone. The saxophone, like, wasn't even around for classical music, so like you're, you're forgiven. <laughs> you're excused. Okay. Trumpet, however. No, well, trumpet wasn't around the way it was. Yeah, it was more of a bugle. Oh, yeah. I've seen one of those. They look boring. Yeah, especially because... Well, and they, they don't have to be boring. You can put them on your fingers. You can eat them off like fingernails. Oh, Steven, wrong bugle. <laughs> I know music stuffs. Right. And junk food. <laughs> Especially no junk food. Hi, Woodson. That's the neighbor's dog. We're outside because we're smoking cigars. So, you know. The dog likes to murder the fence whenever we're around. Um, I chose guitar uh, because I'm a rebel. <laughs> That's about as rebellious as I get, as I play guitar. Um... When I was younger, uh, I my dad only listened to oldies, and still probably my favorite music is oldies and classic rock. But I really, uh, really decided to play when I turned on the radio one day and I heard "Up Around the Bend" by CCR, and that great intro, the uh, you know, you get like that, that for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but that, that riff, I heard that and I've heard it a million times before, but that one time I said, I'm going to play that and I want to learn guitar. I told my dad I want to learn guitar and he said I had to learn acoustic first, which thrilled me none too much because that's, I wanted to play electric. I wanted to be a rock and roll star. Well, he bought me an acoustic guitar that sat unused for about two years when I was about 14, I thought, you know what? I've got my own money. I'm going to buy myself an electric guitar. This is my teenage rebellion. I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't go out drinking or do drugs or all that fun stuff the youngins do. I just went and I bought myself a Squire Strat pack. Um, by the way, you know, for this podcast, we were debating, is it a Stratocast? Is it a Telecast? It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Stratocast. Telecast. <laughs> I got a laugh from my wife. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I bought my own electric guitar, and then I really took off when I started playing everything I could. So, I mean, that's, that's it. Like, you have Creedence Clearwater Revival to blame for this, is pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But... All right. I think we've run out of topics for our first episode. Have we? Have we? I mean, I didn't talk about the bad influences this time. But yeah. I don't really have any. I mean, my parents weren't that great. They weren't super supportive. Yeah. I mean, I'm a bad influence. Yeah, dude. You're such a bad influence. Getting me into a band? How dare you? Let's talk a little bit, since this is our first episode. Um, the band came together just over a year and a half ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About a year and a half ago? A little we more? Start doing some benefit Something stuff. Like that, yeah. Well, I guess we've been together in some iteration or another for about five years in different mm-hmm. different doing ways. little things here. They're mostly cover stuff until we, we really kind of formally got together about a year and a half ago and started doing Steven's original music. Which is... Amazing, by yeah. the way. And figuring out Thank that you. you can write. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I do write pretty much everything for the music, 
Mm-hmm. Horn parts, guitars, lyrics, everything. It's all on me. One of these days, I'll get everybody else here to share the load with me. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. It'll be like the doors, and I'll turn to Gary and be like, bring a song to practice yeah. next time. Yeah, you have Sunday to write a song. Yeah, until Sunday to write a song. You come back, and it's like, it's, um, come on, baby, light my fire. I'll be like, hate to break it to you, Gary, you didn't write that. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we, we've been practicing. We've had a few different drummers, but... Our core lineup has stayed the same. We're uh, actually, you know, let's let's plug. If you've uh, gotten this far in our podcast, you probably are interested enough. <laughs> let's uh, plug the show. We're playing uh, at the Oli Underground uh, Bar in uh, downtown Olympia on Saturday, June twenty third. And it starts at 8 p.m., covers three bucks, and you get to see three bands. Uh, Black Shepherd will be with us. They're great, uh, like, they call themselves Blues Metal uh, out of Aberdeen. Another group called Lemmings, which uh, I'm assuming is great, but I haven't listened to, so go Lemmings. Hopefully you're not a lemming. Um, (laughs) I'm sure they've never heard that before. (laughs) They're asking for it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, we're playing with them for the birthday Blash and Blues, celebrating, uh, Black Shepherd's drummer's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Come down, get some drinks, really cheap cover and lots of good music. Um, and then shortly after that, if you're also in the area, we're playing the Olympia, uh, Capital Lake Fair. Yep. Three o'clock, right before the parade on the main stage. July 14th, Saturday, yes. three o'clock, right? Yep. That's a big one. We'll be debuting some new songs that day. Um, and I don't know what the price to get into Lake Fair is. I think the general area is. Yeah, I don't know. I think you just have to pay to pay the rides. Yeah, uh, yeah, just, yeah. I think the general, like, open area is. So, so, yeah, fantastic. We get to, uh, you get to come see us for free, and we still get paid. So, <laughs> so. That'd be a great show. Yeah, win-win for everybody. And for those of you who might be out in Aberdeen, we're also playing uh, for Poor Man's Biker Night at, what do they call it, the Mermaid? Little Mermaid Cafe yeah, yeah. in Westport. That's, uh, that'll be July 29th. 28th. 28th. That one's on my birthday. So. Right. July 28th. <laughs> um, that'll be a lot of fun uh, out in... Uh, Westport. Ocean Shores. Ocean Shores. No, Westport. Westport. The, bi- yeah. the biker thing is in Ocean Shores. The biker we're thing is in Ocean Westport. Shores, but we're playing in Westport, and it's for the biker uh, shindig. And so, we got Beer, Brats, and Brews in September. Brats, Brews, and Bands. Beer, Brats, Brews, and Bands. Speaking of brews, beer Gary's had too many. <laughs> I think that's September 8th. I remember correctly. September 8th, yeah. That's a ways out. Weekend after Labor Day. The most <laughs> imminent show, though, only underground, so if you're in the area, please come out and see us. Please be over 21. We don't want you to get kicked out. If you're under 21, uh, Lake Fair is our, yeah. our all-ages show. So, please come and see us. Uh, again, you can check us out at Never Monday Band on Facebook, and also at Never Monday Band on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Never Monday Band on YouTube as well. Um, Mac is our social media person for the group. Who's up? Trumpet and social media. 
And he'll be posting this up too. I'm not sure where. Is it going to be YouTube? It'll be a surprise. Be a surprise. It'll be Obviously, a surprise. if you're listening, you found it. So found we're it. good. Cool. Congrats. Uh, anyway, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next week. <laughs>